Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I 95%. Check, so I and, and what did he? Yeah. 
and that, and he he took the ninety five percent. I'm telling, I'm telling. Essentially, he took all the money. He gave me a check for a, he took know, all the money or something, and he kept yeah, he kept almost two thousand for himself. But I gave it to St. Joseph's Church. Yeah, see, that that made it okay. It was uh, the National Drive time or something. I don't know. Well, anyway, he got. Uh, uh, well, Frankie was in line for plenary plenary indulgence. Uh, and so in for uh, being picked up by the Las Vegas police for uh, opening gross lewdness and stealing money from me. And, and well, I see this is all new to me, and I'm sure the you know we didn't. I mean, this isn't the way we actually planned to start the show with a no, little no, friend, friends, no, I'm sorry, between just, friends over I cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, now that now that we're into it, I think it's a good. I mean, because we're not going to have a um, you know a, a show that is anyway. Uh, I think uh, healthy or, or, or you know in in any way beneficial for both of you unless we do clear up this uh, this matter of the money. And now did Frank actually get the gig or were you did you get the gig yourself? Uh, how how was that worked out? Well, no, no, no. Frank, uh, he told me it was a, one of my uh, big breaks. He was going to put me in this uh, this fabulous Las Vegas spot, and I'm thinking someplace on the Strip, which I've done before, and. No, I'm so far out. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, Arizona was three feet away, and there was you couldn't even see a building for 100 miles. And uh, whatever this guy was, along the joint, who was from New York City, God knows how he ended up there. He, I think he liked to wear Texas cowboy hats. Uh, Bronco Bobby, yeah, Bronco Bob uh, had this uh, wheel hopping place. I think on the weekends we did the big business. Must have been 20, 30 people there. And this is what my uh, my agent put me in. Was going to further my career. Frankie, Frankie, how did you actually find this place? I mean, there was no internet at the time. I mean, what, did, was this a some place you had actually been to yourself? Did you uh, I'll tell you exactly come across this? I mean, were you uh, maybe one of the women you were dating at the time had actually worked the place? What, what was what was going on? Frank? No, I I happened to find uh, I was making a phone call. I happened to find uh, yellow pages. And I, I picked it up, and I said, well, wait a minute, just for a minute, the Yellow Pages, a lot of our listeners are young and don't even know what a Yellow Page is. Explain what a Yellow Pages is to, uh, that. I mean, uh, go ahead. A, a Yellow Page is, a, is, a, is a, like a big book, and it has all these Yellow Pages. And so the they called book. it Yellow Pages. You, you remember, the, Tommy, you, you remember the Yellow Pages. I was, I was, I remember them before they were yellow. They were still white when I was a kid. It turned yellow with age. But that's not the story uh, I heard. Frank told me, wait a minute, Frank told me he was driving in the desert, saw something in the sky, you know, like a UFO that people are always seeing in the desert, mostly after they've been out all night, and said an alien came down and said he's got this great place to go. So it wasn't... So two different stories here, two different counts of this. Frankie's saying it was... He was, what, you're in your office here in Boston? And you look, went through the, how did you procure a yellow, I mean, in those days, there was no internet or anything. How did you actually get a yellow pages of Arizona and, and Nevada? I, uh, I went to the Salvation Army, and I was looking for clothes. And um, I, I found, you know, in the rare book section, I found the um, uh, this big book of yellow pages. Well, this t- totally doesn't uh, jive with your take on this, Tommy, about the uh, yeah. the alien ship. Well, one, uh, thing that, one thing does jive, and that's that uh, uh, Frank always wore a clothes from uh, Salvation Army. You know, I, I think we should dresser. end this. 
portion of this conversation. And, and let's talk about you, Tommy. Exactly. Where where have you where been? I mean, well, first yeah. of all, I, well, and where is here? Here. Here is here. Right here. Now, have, where I are have, you, Tommy? Have, where are you located in I the am, world? I am semi-retired in Maine at the moment. And that's okay, a so you're phenomenon. still doing a few gigs? I do now and then just to keep my hand in, but uh, I've been in this business a long time now. I mean... I think I was about uh, 15, 16. I had my first gig. You know, I was originally from Boston. I had a great family. I had a great parents. They, uh, we weren't rich, but they were really great people. My father was a handicapped guy, was missing one arm, but always told me not to let these kind of handicaps uh, keep you down. And even though he had one arm, he was captain of his swim team in high school. Uh, I never won a lot of races because in those days all the races were, you know, in rectangular pools and he could only go in circles. But he taught me a valuable lesson and, and I loved him dearly. Unfortunately, things got even tougher for them. And, and when I was about 10, uh, they sold me to some very poor uh, American Indian family uh, and they moved me to the Dakota. They, uh, so you, they, you were ab- not abandoned, but you were given up? No, no, no. I was sold for uh, $50 and some peyote buttons uh, to these uh, Indians in uh, Dakota, actually. So oh, my God. This is, uh, this is a part of the, the story. I mean, Frank has told me that, you know, for years you've been working on the, um, the definitive book, the autobiography of Tommy Dakota. Oh, yeah. and, right now I'm, yeah. I'm on Chapter 96, and I'm not even halfway right. done yet. Wow. So you've, you've really filled it up with a... So is this in the book? I mean, do you reveal this, this part about oh, yeah, being sold? This is, yeah, this is the beginning. I mean, you know, in those days, 50 bucks was 50 bucks, and the peyote buttons, that was just ice cream. That was gravy. And as I said, you know, they needed the money, and uh, I didn't much care. Boston had kind of done it for me, and uh, I was eager to uh, get on the road. I, you know, I was brought up uh, with a lot of old-time comedians. And to tell you the truth, I was uh, born in the in the very shadow of the old Howard Casino in Boston, a famous, famous burlesque house. And... Uh, when I was a kid, uh, I kind of hang around there, and, and there was this little candy store right next to the old Howard, and uh, I go in there quite a bit. And unbeknownst to me, it was also the uh, the entrance to the theater, so it was always full of women and these old comedians, and I get to hang out with them and talk to them, and they'd sneak me in, and I get to watch these uh, old time uh, uh, burlesque comedians who actually went all the way back to vaudeville. So I really uh, got this great affinity for for comedy and and women especially. And uh, well, yeah, of course. Then, now, where, where, how, how old were you when you were able to get into the old Howard? Oh, I was about uh, seven or eight. That's seven or eight, no, and you? I mean, how oh, was yeah. that possible? I mean, because burlesque was were. I mean, children weren't allowed in. I mean, there were strippers. Oh, no, I never went in the front door. As I told you, uh, this candy store was an entrance and exit for the uh, for the artistes who work there. Uh, I got to know them. Ah. Just, I'd be in there. They'd just take me along with them. I'd go backstage. I'd sit with them while they made up. Uh, they'd all tell great old stories. Uh, I'd get these old comedians. And what I learned was uh, not just the, the, the stuff they were doing. is kind of corny, but the timing was so wonderful. And... Uh, Sitting there with half-naked girls was so wonderful at that age. I absolutely loved it. Well, I mean, talk about exposure. That's that's true exposure. Now, I remember Gypsy Rose Lee. Some of the other famous. Well, well uh, I, uh, I, I, I represented uh, Ann Corio, of course. Yeah, Ann Corio was very big there in the old house. 
I was thinking so. I was too. But uh, anyway, yeah. so the Frankie, yeah. did, uh, did Frank, did you accompany Tommy on these these outings? These. No, I, I was an altar boy, and I was probably doing, like, a funeral or a wedding or a, a mass or something. But, uh, no, I, I, I would go with church. Sorry, I don't know about now, but were you a, were you a Catholic at the time? Was you I a Catholic? No, not, not Frankie. It was Tommy a Catholic? Because I mean, you obviously you had to be a Catholic to be an altar boy. Like the Pope? Is the Pope a Catholic? I don't know. Yeah, you. I know that, but Tommy, no, Tommy, were a, you a Catholic? No, I was a Druid at the time. You were a Druid. And, uh, I was a Druid. Yeah, we worshipped uh, uh, bricks, mortar, trees, uh, grass, almost anything. Candy bars. I once uh, went to a uh, whole service dedicated to uh, a Snickers bar. It's a it's a very cool oh. religion. So there was no problem. I mean, Frank obviously was forbidden by his religion to enter the old Howard because that would have been yeah. what they yeah. called an occasion of sin at the time. No, no, this was uh, this was work for my my future profession. I wasn't going there for fun. I was going there to learn a business and to hang out with half naked girls. Exactly, exactly. So that you, so you actually you had a. As far as your soul and your your eternal salvation was concerned, this wasn't a problem for you. Frankie was no, obviously no, no, no. inhibited. Yeah. Well, he had, yeah. yeah, he was instilled with the great guilt that comes along with the Catholic Church. Yeah, and he still has that guilt today, Frank. I mean, I don't know yeah. if you want to yeah. get into that at all. I'm not guilty. Okay, well, not guilty, but, you know, I know you do have, uh, <clears throat> you know, there are certain inhibitions. If I come over and we start talking about matters of the day, anytime we get anywhere near... Anything that may be a sexual topic, you kind of blush and insist that we move on from that. This new pope, by the way, uh, Pope Francis, is uh, actually, I, I believe, Frank's uncle. Isn't that true, Frank? <laughs> That's true, Frank? No, he's my stepfather. Ah, uh, uh, well, yeah. I've been watching the Borgias, and a lot of that went on. Actually, Frank is, uh, to this day, I mean, the, the whole influence of the church and the, the altar boy and everything else is, is maintained. And, uh, in fact, uh, for the, you know, the area we live in here in South Boston, uh, Frank has been appointed by the Archdiocese as the defender of the faith for, for South. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Me and Henry VIII. Yeah, exactly. Defending South Boston and Whitey Bulger. Yeah, well, we don't want to get into that. That's another call. Did you now, when you were taking, so at what age did were you sold to the Indians? Uh, I think it was uh, like somewhere age twelve. It's kind of scary. It was a long time ago, and uh, but uh, it was a good deal because by the time I was sixteen, I had moved out uh, and. well, moving out wasn't hard on the reservation, and uh, got my first gig uh, just uh, in Nevada, not in Las Vegas. It wasn't much of Las Vegas there anyway, uh, but I was uh, uh, working uh, these strip clubs mostly. Um, you know that that stand at the old Howard uh, really. Uh, now, who was who was your agent? Was it, no the with the the family that you sold to? Were they acting as your agent at the time? Or? No, 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 no. In those days, uh, you just went in and begged for a job in the back. You went through the back, and you know. If you, if you couldn't wash dishes, you'd ask, ask to be the MC. This is before I met up with Frank, who was going to take my career to New Heights. This is one of the first gigs I had. I told you, you know, a couple of girls, a couple of band members, and boom. And uh, okay, so this was these were the missing yeah. years of uh, the years in which you yeah, could, you yeah, received your development, your training, your experience, yeah. 
on the road. Uh, now, what kind of music were you drawn to? Because, you know, the, these were the 50s, and we're all about the same age here, so rock and roll was a big thing. Were you were you into rock and roll, or what yeah, was the music? I, you know, yeah, well, my great idols then, of course, were, you know, Tony Bennett and Frank Sinatra, so I was trying to do these ballady things, which I don't do well. I'm not a great singer. I do... I started doing little funny little songs, you know, stuff I heard Groucho Marx do, and that sort of thing. But uh, it was, uh, oh, what's that? Well, I, oh, we pressed the wrong button there. Go ahead. Sorry. Ah. That was, so was, that was the these... theme song coming back. Evidently, we're haunted by the theme song. But go ah. ahead. I, when we mention well, music, that... sometimes that'll just jump on thinking it's it's time to be queued up. But well, go ahead. I, I thought it was a commercial song, but it was at one of these things that uh, I come out one night and... Uh, and we were way out. We're not even close to the strip. And the strip only had like four or five hotels on it anyway. Uh, but my idols, I say, were, you know, Sinatra and Bennett and all the greaties. And I'm out there one night, and uh, the place was packed. You know, it had to be 50 people there, which for me was an incredible crowd. So I'm doing my act, and before I introduce the strippers, and I look down, and it's Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin sitting there. And they're laughing their heads off. And I know it's, uh, I'd like to think it was about me, but it turns out, because after the show, they came up to me and, and started talking in a dressing room. And what intrigued them was my Boston accent more than anything else. And they thought it was, uh, it was funnier the way I said things than what I was saying. So uh, that was my first that, meet with them. I was thinking it may have been the fact that your fly was down. Because you were not, some, you know, Frank told me that even as a kid around the neighborhood, that would be, um, you know, was a problem for you. Yeah, well, we used to call it, well, it Fly Over Dakota. Fly Over Dakota. Okay. Yeah. Well, it was because, uh, you know, the, the clothing was different then, and, and there's a certain amount of baggage just wouldn't fit in the uh, regular spot. A lot of my clothes had to be custom-made to allow for the expansion if you'd get my drift. Yes, exactly. So many no, times, I mean, just, for, just for comfort, I had to keep the fly down just to allow for expansion, you know, heat yeah, and that sort of thing. All right, well, anyway. we don't want to go right now, but, um, you know, that's for a later time. But, you know, this is a great first call because, we're, we're get, first of all, we've got these, I think we've, at least I feel the tension is reduced between you and Frank over the $2,000. Uh, well, you know, Frank did it with me over the years. He got me one of my biggest gigs, uh, and I did get paid for that one. But uh, meeting Sinatra, and uh, they got, you know, they took a liking to me. They happened to be there by accident. I think their car was being serviced or being filled up with gas. They were stuck in the middle of the desert here, and uh, they just came in on a lock. But after that, I saw him a few more times. I became friendly with him. Uh, I learned some things about him right on. Do you know Frank Sinatra invented glow-in-the-dark uh, underpants? I bet you didn't know that. I know these inside things about the uh, the old Rat Pack. Uh Underpants that go in the dark. Just think of it. Think of it way ahead of his time. And he was always eager to show them, um, especially in those, when we get back to his apartment. But what a Frank Sinatra glow, glow in the glow in the dark underpants. It was an invention of Frank Sinatra's. I'm not it's, sure if he patented it or not. Well, but, uh, I mean, you know, <clears throat> now this totally conflicts with, you know, the, the contract with. Tommy Dorsey. I mean, if he had glow in the dark underpants, why the hell would underpants, he need a contract yeah. with Dorsey? I mean, Jesus. I mean, like, well, I, actually, it didn't go well, over think, at that yeah, time, did I it? Think, I think the reason was that he had a tendency to show people his glow in the dark underpants in very inappropriate places, uh, and that's one of the reasons he had to, uh, rather than make the 
$2 trillion. Do you think this was part of the success with these, you know, Lana Turner was, you know, she was, what, the most beautiful woman in the world labeled well, at the time. I think, yeah, I think because he was inappropriately showing too many people uh, and forced him to take on other jobs, he became a much bigger star. So it all worked out for the for the best. Uh, uh, he he became a host. I mean, he was, he was a big name even then, but uh, uh, his star grew brighter and brighter because... Uh, 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 he ended up doing a lot of glow in the dark. Did he actually, was he able to, I mean, inventing is one thing. Was he actually able to capitalize on this, or did he sell the rights? I mean, is there a well, backstory? Well, I think he capitalized personally. Uh, a lot of acquaintances and uh, women especially got a big kick out of it. He'd uh, he'd often have, uh, uh, you know, different things uh, painted on. Uh, I remember one cheek used to say Frank, and the other one would say Sinatra. Uh, a lot like they have now, and these women who walk around with pants that say juicy in the back. Frank was way ahead of his time with that. And, of course, uh, the lights would go off uh, quite often. Uh, the uh, municipal lights would go out in Vegas. Probably some of the, maybe some of the, well, maybe some of the, you know, when you think of it, and, you know, he was a, kind of a narcissistic guy, uh, self-important, oh, yeah. huge ego. Oh, yeah. I mean, so he I may see. even have some of his hits uh, on, you know, some of the pants, underpants would maybe be labeled well, with some of his hits, like Strangers in the Night. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, some uh, Enchanted Evening. Uh, it wasn't his, but it's the evening. He often recorded uh, wearing those uh, uh, in the dark underpants. Uh, very often. Uh-huh. Uh, in, in fact, uh, it did get to be somewhat of a hit with the musicians. He used those studio musicians quite often, usually the same ones. And to set the tone often for some of his really lovely uh, love songs and ballads, uh, the entire orchestra would wear uh, glow-in-the-dark underpants, and that would be the only lighting in the room. And uh, so Frank would be in his, and the entire, uh, the entire orchestra would be in theirs, and the, the glow from those uh, glowing underpants uh, served the, uh, to produce a great ambiance for his love songs. I think some of his greatest love songs were recorded that way, and uh, they were huge hits. Well, these must have been. These couldn't have been the um, the premiere shows. I mean, uh, you know, the shows that w- were went from eight to. These must have been post midnight shows. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about more studio work than anything else. Uh, oh, all right. In yeah, the studio. Yeah. Uh, cause, yeah on stage, because there, was, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, need for that because uh, you know you didn't have any clothes on sometimes anyway. But I tell you what, people I met, uh, I met with uh, 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 with Frank. You know, I met uh, all those dolls, those dames that came in and out of his place all the time. Got to hang out with them. Met a lot of movie stars, big names: Zazu Pitts, Oscar Hamolka, all the big names from Hollywood. Uh, 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 I missed. I maybe the maybe I'm not hearing too well on the the, yeah, um, yeah. the microphone here. Uh, yeah. What were the names? Big stars, big stars like Zazu Pitts, Oscar Hamoka, big stars. They were very big stars. You all remember Wait. those, don't you? No, I can't. I don't. Frank, do you have any recollection of uh, and, uh, uh Zazu you Pitts. Don't, uh, you don't remember Oscar Hamoka? And Oscar, yeah, but uh, Oscar and I really didn't get along. Uh. Okay, well, um, I, I, I don't know how I missed all of this stuff, but um, well, oh, this will yeah. be in the book, oh, of yeah. course. Oh, Do you yeah. have pictures oh, yeah. of those uh, stars? Will those be I, have some, in the book? I have some very rare pictures of, of them as well as uh, 
some of the standards, uh, I met Marilyn Monroe many, many times. Uh, uh, one time I got to drive her home, and, and uh, I was uh, well rewarded, if you get my drift. Yeah, well, we, my yeah. Meaning. No, Frankie, a Frankie wasn't aware of that at the time. Great, great, great actress. Always, uh, always not given the credit she deserved. Wonderful actress. And, uh, and, and this again was... And, uh, was who? Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe. You got to drive Marilyn Monroe home. Yeah, among other things. Yeah, it was uh, one of the uh, high points of my life. And uh, as I said, she was a wonderful actress and a great human being, and uh, she sang me happy birthday. Ah, and yeah. was, now, now, now is, where the heck, I mean, what function, what occasion, it what show? Like uh, it sounded like this. It was a great song. I was so happy. It wasn't even my birthday, and she sang it anyway. Well, actually, she hummed it more than that. I sang it, but it was ah, a, okay. a great Now, did she do this? This was, was this before the big, famous John F. Kennedy happy birthday, or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't, I, don't even, I don't even think he'd been introduced to her yet. Oh, uh, so so she was a much younger Marilyn Monroe at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a beauty, a true beauty, a uh, wonderful human being. Uh, now, did, did, did Frank, how, did, well, how were you introduced to her? Was it a, Frank introduced you to, to Marilyn? Uh, actually, uh, he did. We were uh, at uh, Frank's house with the rest of the guy. I, mean, I didn't even get into the rest of the Rat Pack, but you know, we we hung out uh, uh, quite often, and there was always a, a, a bevy of beauties running around, and and Frank comes over to me one night, and he's got her on, on his arm. And I said, oh, my God, that's Marilyn Monroe. And, uh, you know, Frank was uh, pretty uh, glib then, you know, before uh, he had all that brain damage from the accident. And uh, uh, he introduced me, and we hit it off right away, and we were hanging out and having a few cocktails, and uh, I ended up driving her home that night, a night that would live in for me. Unbelievable. That Now, that is a, a part that I'm sure all the listeners uh, can't wait to to get in. I mean, you, oh, you yeah. go into more detail, oh. I hope. I mean, you oh, don't want to no, give it all away because, I mean, we do no, want to No, no, that them. wasn't, yeah. No, no, I got I, I, more than that because we uh, actually uh, uh, traveled. Uh, I was with her for like 18 consecutive days once in uh, 1959, maybe. Uh, well, you know, they did just recently close that movie, um, My Week with Marilyn. And, my God, 18 uh, days. Well, that'll 18 that. days. Uh, I, well, let's, uh, you know, maybe, maybe off there we'll talk about yeah. uh, working we on a screenplay with that, you and I and Frankie. Yeah. yeah, she had dyed her hair. Frankie, at this point, uh, no, this, is, uh, this has been a long time coming, this, this conversation, and t- it took us took us months to find you, Tom. Even with the Internet, I know that you, yeah. Yeah. you're not on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, none of the social media. Is there a reason that you, uh, you uh, try to stay uh, a little discreet, shall we say? Yeah, especially with uh, with uh, all its new uh, uh, you know computers and everything. Uh, this is a very big reason, and that's because I haven't been able to figure out how they work yet. But I'm getting ah. there. I uh, I just got a uh, new telephone, and you don't have to dial it. You just push buttons. It's very cool. Uh, so you know, I'm just uh, I'm, I'll, I'll get there, and uh, I wish we had it back then. Cause oh, it gave me a lot well, of telephone you, calls. I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean, you could have had Marilyn on speed dial. Yeah, and I could have booked my own gigs. Wouldn't have to pay anyone anything, especially that rat bastard Jackman. 
Come on now, we don't want to go back there. I thought we covered that up in the first ten minutes. Yeah, well, you know, I could use that two grand now. I I can understand. There's a lot of pain involved here, but that's the reason that we we reached out to you. Um, So this is a, I think. What do you think, Frank? Is the first call? How does this stand up? I mean, is this what you expected from the first call? Yeah, I I, I expected it from uh, Dakota. Uh, You know, and, and the reason why we couldn't find him is, and the reason why he's not on social network is he's on the sex offender list. Um, and yeah, but I'm number one. And, and, and number they're one. after him. I know. And I'm well, still in Variety. I still keep an ad in Variety now and then. Well, let's keep let's keep his images as, as polished as can be. We'll, that'll yeah. come out in the... I mean, that was a long time ago, Tommy, correct? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, I'm almost 100, so it was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I'll, I'll send you a check uh, and bump it up to 50 yeah, bucks. Yeah. yeah, plus the VIG, pal. I want the VIG to go with it. It's a lot of VIG. Like yeah. 25 well, we're coming years, down whatever to, it is. We're coming down to about a minute left here, and uh, I just am thrilled that we were able to get this uh, first call in. Uh, and so now we're, we're all reconnected. I mean, I'm not. I mean, I've been hearing about you for years. Of course, Frank is my my neighbor and friend, and and uh, he's been. In fact, I saw what stirred up this whole thing was your picture on the wall with you and the tux and the the cocktail and the uh, the microphone in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. I said, who's that? Yeah. yeah and, and he said, I think that's I was Tommy saying Dakota. Joe Flamingo in that picture. I remember that picture well. I used that as yeah. one of my publicity for years. Yeah. Oh, it's well, available for uh, 9.95, by the way. What was 9.95? Uh, that that picture that, that we had it came from the flamingo. I did a long time ago, and they are available at 9.95. And, uh, and okay, I can contact I'm, you no. for uh, yeah, I can contact you. I'll be glad to show them I can use the money. All right. Well, we're gonna give uh, without like a 10 seconds here, Tommy. We're gonna have to sign off. Uh, but th- this, so this is wonderful. I think people. So much more to tell you. I have great stories. Exactly. Well, we'll we'll post the next phone call. We'll, again, Tommy, thank you so much. Uh, Frank, anything hey, you want to pleasure. say here? My pleasure. Uh, no, yeah. goodbye, Tommy. All right. Thank yeah. you, Tommy. Yeah, we'll yeah, um, we'll, t- we'll talk again. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. Bye bye. Right. Bye bye.